Welcome to The Rock Bite, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. I'm Colin True, and today we're talking outdoor retail, specifically REI versus the independent gear shop. I recently got a listener email that is inspiring this episode, so stick around to hear what I think of the state of outdoorsy stores. But before I get to that, would you like to send an email that inspires a future episode like this one? You can do just that by sending an email to myrockfight at gmail.com. You can also DM the Rockfight on threads and Instagram where the handle is at underscore rockfight underscore. And while we're here, please, right now, if you haven't already, click follow to subscribe to The Rock Fight, as well as leave us a five-star rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you for supporting the show. All right, let's get into it. So a couple weeks back, I received an email from one of our biggest fans, if not the biggest fan we have, our pal, Tacoma Phil, although this is perhaps the angriest email he sent us to date. And he sent this email, I'm guessing after listening to the episode where we had Kyle Frost on to talk about REI and backcountry.com. So Phil writes, it's tiring to hear the same myth insinuating REI has no quote core people while so-called specialty shops are full of them. I know you can only speak from your own experience, but having worked at REI for 13 years, I can say every store I ever knew had underground legends, and most of the rest of the staff are serious outdoor enthusiasts. Does REI need to fill the ranks to keep the doors open? Sure, but it's not like specialty shops don't have their share of teenagers that can't identify a water filter. How about you compare how your precious specialty shops treat their employees? Are they able to afford sabbaticals, bonuses, and a myriad of other benefits? I'm no company man, but REI employees deserve respect from all sides. Tacoma Phil. All right, Phil. You're coming in hot with some rocks of your own, and I respect that. So I think what got Phil riled up was my comments on that episode, and I've linked that show in the notes in case you missed it, when I said that REI always felt less core than other independent shops, and that my experiences were never as good in an REI as what I experienced at an independent specialty retailer, or even at a chain like Eastern Mountain Sports. And while I appreciate that REI has their fans and that someone like Phil, who worked there for a long time, clearly had an overwhelmingly positive experience doing so, I don't think that it's a stretch to say that many in the outdoor community share views similar to mine when it comes to REI. And also, I do want to point out that I did say on that episode that if my circumstances were such that I needed to work at REI, I would have no problem doing so. So I want the record to show that if you're comparing REI to retail experiences like Walmart or Target or Kohl's, I love REI, but I would work for less if it meant I could do so at a real gear shop. But this does raise an interesting question regarding the state of outdoor retail because my opinions on and experiences shopping at REI's stores are largely the same as they were 20 years ago. The difference is that the landscape of outdoor retail has changed. In 2006, I was working as a tech rep for Timberland's Outdoor Brands. And at the time, Timberland was coming off of the high of becoming the brand du jour with their iconic yellow boot for more fashion-focused channels of distribution. And as that growth happened, it simultaneously led to their authenticity as an outdoor brand to plummet. Younger listeners may not know this, but there is a long history of judginess in the outdoors. And though it may not matter what brands you wear today when you go out on outdoor adventures, it mattered in the 80s, 90s, and first part of this century. Part of my job as a tech rep, which for my money is still the single best job you can have in the outdoor industry, was going to outdoor retailers and talking to them about Timberland's outdoor brands, which were Timberland Outdoor Performance, so Timberland's outdoor-specific shoes, Smartwool, because Timberland had acquired Smartwool in 2005, 
And two newly launched footwear brands, the first one called My Own, which was Martin Keene's follow-up to the Newport Sandal that launched the brand that bears his name. And the second one, Go Light Footwear, which were soft against the ground, foot-shaped toe box trail runners, named through a licensing deal with the ultralight backpacking brand. And as we would eventually learn, they were actually way ahead of their time. For almost a year, I did this job across the entire country, and almost every single time I walked into an independent outdoor specialty retailer, my experience was the following. I would walk in, I would tell them who I was and who I was representing, and then finally, get an earful because Timberland's products were lame and I wasn't welcome because Timberland sold direct to consumers on the internet. Overcoming the product part of these encounters was easy because we had started making better products that could win the core outdoor audience over. The hard part was the direct selling part. Can you imagine that today? Being angry with a brand because they sell directly to consumers on the internet? The gall they must have to do such a thing. Over the next decade, the rise of D2C sales changed everything. Everyone can celebrate the fact that post-COVID, consumers still value going to stores to shop, but that doesn't mean that things aren't vastly different in those shops. And the biggest difference the internet hath wrought on the retail landscape is convenience. There used to be a retail equalizer for any item you wanted to buy called driving to the store. No matter what you wanted or where you wanted to get it, you had to go to a store in order to get it. So fast forward to today when you mostly don't have to drive anywhere and you can still get what you want, retailers need to have a real reason for people to get off of their asses and walk through the front door. And this has been a boon for REI as you can shop for all they offer online and they have stores if you want to go check something out in person. But the increased exposure and becoming the default outdoor retailer for most people, effectively becoming the rollerblade, Kleenex, or Band-Aid of human-powered outdoor activities, has definitely increased the uncool factor within the more core part of our community. For us, a key element of the outdoor retail experience is a unique gear shop run by folks so dedicated to getting into the backcountry, they've made it not just their career, but their life. So back to Phil's email, you can point to the programs that REI offers their employees, and they're admirable. But mostly when you compare REI to larger corporate entities. Perhaps specialty dealers can't lay claim across the board to formal sabbatical programs or bonuses, but they absolutely exist. And yeah, you may find the occasional part-time teenager in a shop that doesn't know about some piece of gear, but the difference is that the vast majority of staff in these stores are the hardest of the hardcore. The owners are typically in the store all of the time, and the smaller amount of staff mean that there are just more knowledgeable folks in these stores at any given time when you compare them to a typical big box location. So the clock-punching teenager is likely going to have a deeper bench to answer your questions than they would at not only REI, but also a public lands, academy, or sports chalet. Because when you're up against the internet and chain stores that offer a lot of what you already offer, the biggest and only difference you can really offer is the customer experience. I mean, this is why I was so critical of Eastside Sports and Bishop this past summer, an experience I spoke about with Justin Hausman here on The Rock Fight. I went in there looking for beta from the locals, and I was mostly ignored. Now, Bishop is small, so today places like Eastside can afford to get away with that kind of behavior. And maybe REI Dicks or Sports Chalet will never come knocking. But if they ever do, oof, not good for the unfriendly specialty shop. And I don't really think these things are mutually exclusive. I mean, I can be appreciative that we have a corporate-minded entity like REI that clearly does a lot of things right while also recognizing that the soul of our gear, footwear, and apparel-obsessed community is kept in the shops where more stuff is sold to be used in the mountains and backcountry than on your daily commute. And there's a lot to unpack here, and this is something I'm hoping to return to even more in the coming years. Specialty outdoor retailers have long been regarded as the tastemakers of the human-powered outdoor industry, and that hasn't changed. The brands tend to get the attention, but it's the folks on the ground that actually make it happen. And like I said, 
the in-store experience is more important than ever, given the way the competitive landscape has changed. But thank you, Phil, for your email and passion when it comes to REI. Knowing you spent 13 years there and you feel defensive of the brand and the company, that speaks volumes about REI as an organization. And for the rest of you, well, Rockfight Army, here's a call to action. Tell me about your local gear shop. Where do you get your outdoor stuff? What shop do you go to to just hang out there even when you don't need anything? Is your local shop at REI? What makes your shop worth visiting? Send all your feedback, all of your suggestions, all of these answers to myrockfight at gmail.com. That's myrockfight at gmail.com. And you can also send a message through threads or Instagram at underscore rockfight underscore. Your emails and comments will help form the questions and topics for when I have several well-known retail representatives on the Rock Fight in future episodes, so please send them in. That's the show for today. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. And here to take us out is Krista Makes. He's going to play and perform a very special version of the Rock Fight fight song right now. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock Fight!